share your thoughts, expand your views. Join the conversation. You're with Cape Talk. Last year, the Food and Drug Administration began investigating a potential link between some dog food, most labeled grain-free and heart disease in dogs. Now, the administration released the results of that report recently and gave with it a warning about 16 brands of dog food. Those brands are largely higher-end, more expensive dog foods. And following reports about an increase in a certain kind of heart disease called canine-dilated cardiomyopathy, uh, the FDA started looking into the possible causes. Now, to chat to me more about the findings as well as the food we give to our dogs, our specialist dog trainers at Paws and Claws World, Jenny and Tiffany Lee, who decided to join me in the studio in the early hours of a Saturday morning. Hello, ladies. How's it going? Very good. Thanks we're we're as crazy as ever on a, a Saturday crazy, morning. Crazy and loony for our final <laughs> you, overnight. You see so. how we love to help these all these puppies and doggies. We, we'll, 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 we'll do things we'll at ridiculous hours. hours. Yes. <laughs> now tell me a little bit about how will these findings by the FDA influence the production of dog food? So ju- just the okay. first thing to yeah. clarify for you, Keenan. This... Uh, report mm-hmm. that has been published and it's published on the FDA website is an update on an ongoing investigation. So I want to clarify that for people. It is something that has been brought to their attention that there may be a link between grain-free dog food and this uh uh, dilated cardiomyopathy, which for the rest of the talk we can refer to as DCM because it's easier. Um, and so the reality is obviously they're concerned because this is a condition that can dramatically affect, affect your dog's health. I mean, your heart is an integral part mm. of your your anatomy. And so it, as, as part of that process, they're, they're saying to the public, we're concerned about this and we're investigating it. But the reality is this is only a year into their investigation. And what they've said in their report as well is this is a complex problem and we are not necessarily sure that anything is absolute. We are not sure that these foods are causing problems. All we know is there are reports that have come in that are directly linked to the selection of 16 foods. Mm. Mm. And so I just want to clarify for people that this doesn't necessarily mean very much beyond the FDA giving an update on an ongoing investigation. Yeah. I, th- I think I'd quite like to get that also a little bit more in context because, um, look, there's there's um, the, the cases overall that have been reported is 524 reports, okay, this is over a period from 2014 to 2019. I think it's just the beginning of yeah. this year. Um, and what actually happened was, if you if you actually want to look at the report, it's on the FDA uh, site. Just remember, this is this is the United States Food and Drug Administration. Okay, so first of all, the samples, if you like, the reports are coming from that marketplace. Okay. Um, and so basically what happened was um, uh, in 2018, basically about a year ago, um, because they'd had a few cases at that stage, literally sort of like a handful, of, I don't know the exact number then, but a very small portion of that 524. So they sent out a uh, announcement, if you like, which went along the lines of, we've had some reports where we seem to, there seems to be, the, you know, we've had reports of dogs with DCM. 
And when we asked, um, you know, when we looked at the information, the genetics in a number of cases weren't um, associated with that particular disease. In other, in other words, there are some dogs that are associated with that. We can we can mention yeah, that for people predisposed. Let's say so they have stats on records that show that certain dogs are predisposed. But they were starting to get a few cases coming through. I mean, I'm talking about a few cases where they didn't necessarily fall into those particular breeds, and as a result. They sent out this information to the public to say, well, look, we've come across these cases. Um, if there are any more cases out there, um, please let us know. So in other words, if, if you have a case where your dog has been officially diagnosed by a vet uh, with DCM, and if in, a, in a addition to that they are not eating, uh, you know, they're actually eating a food that's been labeled um, grain-free, which we will come to the definition of that just now. We want to hear from you. Well, I mean, the 77 million, please note, guys, 77 million dogs, pet dogs. I'm not talking about the wild ones or the ones that live in townships. I'm talking about sort of register because, you, you know, like here you've got to be have a whatever. You're supposed to have a registration. In Out of 77 million after they announced this, the majority of the 500 and something cases came to light because people then put in a report, okay? Just remember, they got seven, 500 and whatever it was uh, cases out of 77 million. So whatever that percentage is, you guys, you, you mathematicians can work it's that out. It's about 0.007%. Yes, okay. So first of all, this is why, where we must get it into context, Okay. But those reports came after the FDA asked for people to report, okay? So they didn't say, um, you know, we want to get 5,000 cases of DCM and please then tell us all the information, including what food. No, they said, if your dog has DCM and it eats, eats grain-free food, we want to hear about it. So any great statisticians out there, you know, um, will understand that already you're trying to find a, 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 almost, you know, you're trying to sort of get information which is almost biased in terms of the marketplace. I'm just getting in context. It would be something like, sorry to do this to you, Woolworths, no offense. It would be like someone saying, uh, making an announcement from, you know, public health uh, information in South Africa saying, you know what, we've come across a few more cases of heart disease, often a little bit more with males, it seems, but the people have told us that they shop at Woolworths. So anybody with heart disease that shops at Woolworths, we want to hear about it. Now, I don't know whether Pick and Pay could have brought that to light, you know, because let's let's face <laughs> it, you know, there's lots of... <laughs> of I'm not, again, sorry, pick and pay. I'm just using this. I'm being a bit facetious here. But I'm just saying that, you know, the grain-free, and again, we'll define it just now, market. In other words, the non-high GIGL, high-carb market. In other words, people sort of questioning that market, which has been a big influence in the marketplace for a number of years, since actually World War Two, when they moved, they couldn't, didn't get tin anymore because it all went to ammunition. So... 
you know, there's what's happened in recent years is people have started to look at what they're feeding their dogs and they're, they're beginning to question the very high carb food. And so what's happening, they're, they're tending to look a little bit more towards things that are, are back to nature. In other words, back to what they're, um, DNA would want and in some cases what's happened in the food industry because not everybody can afford um, let's say raw meat or high protein based foods that have got a lot of meat content what the the marketplace has been doing is taking their range and saying okay fine well for the people that can't quite afford that um, we'll, we'll give them the protein but we'll supplement it maybe with some legumes and some um, you know, vegetable or, or peas, peas, whatever it might and, be. And lentils. And so um, there is a possibility because they're, they're saying there could be a correlation. They're starting to think maybe there's a correlation with the foods that are branded um, grain-free, but in order to keep the price down for the client that, you know, can't go for a, a, a whole prey type of food, um, even if it's dry, um, so for those people, they, the, some of the companies have supplemented, um, you know, peas and legumes. So because I'm, the reason I'm mentioning that is one of the things that has long term been associated with this particular disease, this is before any of this came to light, is that, um, dogs need something called taurine. There's certain amino acids that they need to develop strong muscles and especially the heart. So, that sort of brings us into, which I will talk about in a moment, the fact that they do need certain things from the food. So this scare, if you like, or this sort of information that's come out, obviously anything like this is very newsworthy. But as I say, think about it as a percentage, 500-odd cases, which the FDA have actually asked for the majority of those. You know what I'm saying? They've said, if you go to Woolworths and you've got heart disease, please come and let us know. Not if you eat food. Please come and let mm. us know. You know what I'm saying? So it's actually a bit of a ridiculous request because whatever stats have come forward from that request are, are not giving you a true picture of the marketplace. So, that, so that's the one aspect of it. Um, the other aspect of so so what's coming out of that is, in fact, I mean, there's 500 and something yeah. cases. A We've started another, reading another them. Another good example of, of where bias comes in is part of that report they mentioned that some some breeds pop up more frequently than others. So in the report, there is a very high percentage of golden retrievers that are being reported. And supposedly what's happening is within social media groups, you, you know how it goes. People have social media groups for their neighborhoods. People have social media groups for the, you know, the kids and their kids preschools and all these various different things that they want to be involved in and so when it comes to golden retrievers lots of golden retriever owners will you know be on a facebook group for golden retrievers and within that group people are mentioning hey we're a little bit concerned about this dcm thing get your golden retriever checked and as a result there's a high percentage of golden retriever reports remember this reports going to the fda because the reality is there is no legislation saying that if your animal is diagnosed with the disease that you have to report it to the fda and give them all the information necessary yeah. nothing encourages you to do that so what's happening is people who have the knowledge of an ongoing investigation are saying hey i have a dog my dog eats this type of food. My dog has this disease. Ooh, I must be part of this this process that's going on, this investigation. I'll let them know. But just tell me something quickly. Yes. Are some breeds 
more predisposed to DCM than others. Yes, yes. naturally. So, so yes. naturally, it's much more common in large breed dogs. It's much more common in male dogs. And specifically, dogs like Great Danes are known for being genetically predisposed. And I think also Doberman Pinchers are known for being predisposed. So there is a genetic factor to it. And in the past, it's it's only been cons- uh, been considered a genetic um, condition. Mm. What causes it? So that's the thing. It is actually unknown at this point. There's what not been enough research. Mm. Uh, dilated cardiomyopathy. There is an association, so I want to clarify here. It is associated with taurine deficiency. So often there's a correlation that a dog has low levels of taurine, which is an amino acid, but it's not considered an essential amino acid in dogs because they can synthesize it. So basically what happens is, like with humans, humans can be vegetarian and vegan. In other words, we don't have to get our um, protein from meat because we can synthesize some amino acids. So that a similar thing happens in dogs. They don't need to get all of their protein from meat, supposedly, because they can synthesize the the 13th amino acid, which is referred to as taurine. In cats, though, hmm. cats cannot synthesize taurine, and that is why taurine is added to their food. And there was a scare, I think, a couple, uh, like a decade ago, mm. with con- conventional uh, vet-recommended food with cats, that their cats were dying all over the place because no one had realized at that point that they needed to add taurine to their diet. Mm. So this is something that's ongoing. Yeah, and the reality... That, that was quite... Yeah. That, that, that was a serious scare. And, um, and people might result, remember the brand. Um, changed. Yeah, yeah. So I want to emphasize to people that, you know, It's like with human food. We don't necessarily know what the optimum balance of food is for every particular body. And it's always an ongoing investigation. And people do want what's best. But you also have industries that have a vested interest in the science going a specific way. And so one has to understand that, especially when something is an ongoing investigation, you have to take updates with, excuse the the, the terminology, a pinch of a pinch of salt. <laughs> you know, you have to take a look at it and go, how much does this really affect my choice right, right now? And how much is this something that I must just keep track of? So going back to the cause, there is only a correlation with taurine deficiency. And that's where, in theory, this grain-free thing could make sense in that in certain grain-free foods, you have a situation where a, a large portion of the protein is not coming from meats. It is coming from pea protein and legume protein. And like like I've been saying, this is an ongoing investigation, but there is possibly a correlation with dogs being unable to synthesize taurine from those kinds of protein. That's part of the concern. And there there is a, if you look at the actual FDA report, it shows that a lot of the foods that are being reported, so in, in the case of a report, the dog has been diagnosed with DCM and they're eating a grain-free food. And a lot of the cases, the grain-free food has protein that comes from peas and lentils. Mm. But this is not proven yet. It's no. just something that's popped up, uh, as Jenny said again, from like 500 and something dogs out of 77 million. So re-emphasizing this again, it's an ongoing investigation, but that is possibly of concern. 
So with that in mind, if you are feeding your dog a grain-free food and you are adamant that you want to continue feeding your grain-free food, and we honestly do believe that if you're feeding a food that is low in high glycemic carbohydrates, in other mm. words, you're looking for lower glycemic carbohydrates, so carbs that release slowly into the bloodstream, and a whole whole prey meat, that's, that's what you're generally looking for in a diet. If you are going for that sort of thing and it, that leads you towards grain-free, we would strongly advise that you look for a food that is not getting the majority of its protein from peas and lentils because that's that's where the concern is coming in. That's what, where they're pinpointing, oh, this possibly is, is causing low taurine levels. I think, I think what Tiffany's saying here is that it's going to take um, some... Probably, probably a decade. Probably, well, let's hope not quite that long, but... <laughs> It's going to take quite some time to come up with some, you know, um, well, definitive, definitive, scientifically proven results. Where where we feel, you know, that we we wanted to comment on this because we get we get a lot of calls from clients and 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 would be clients and people that just want advice. Um, and sometimes what happens is people have a feed on their phone and they just get the headlines and it's like, oh my goodness, am I feeding my dog something that's going to cause heart disease? And, you know, the reality is most likely not. However, all the things that we're, we're explaining are very important. I think the first thing that people mustn't do is to panic. You know, it, it's verging on, um, what do they call it? Um, you know, <laughs> news that's not uh, um you know factual um because it's taken very much out of context as i say and you know the proportions I think of the a, thing a lot of the time the the news outlets are completely taking it out of context mm. i mean a lot of in a lot of cases they refer to it as a warning it's not a warning mm. it's an update a lot of cases they 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 write it as 16 dog foods that could cause your dog heart disease and it's not yeah. necessarily proven to be the case. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of fear mongering going on yeah. because obviously, you know, if if you can get people to click on your link to your news site, I mean, yeah, yeah people make money out of you that. Make money, exactly. No headlines. So yeah, I think I think I think the first thing that people must uh, my suggestion, if if anyone's out there thinking, oh flip, I've just looked this thing up. My dog is in the predisposed category. I mean, that's that's obviously the area where people will think. I'm at high risk. Um, if they think, which of course is a very common breed, not everyone has an Irish wolfhound, which is also on the list, but a lot of people might have golden retrievers. Statistically, they have more of. But again, as Tiffany was saying, um, because there seems to be more groups, just because, you know, it's a popular dog, and in particular, you know, in the States, um, you have more groups of people talking about the subject. So, the the whole link of reporting a case where, like I say, the FDA says, please, you know, contact us if you have a dog that's been diagnosed and it's also eating grain-free. We don't want to hear about you guys that are eating meat. We only want to hear about the guys that are eating grain-free. So that's where, again, the bias is in the stats, if you see what I'm saying. So I, all I'm saying to people is if you do have a dog that you, you look it up, we can tell you what they are, um, that could be predisposed, then there's a few things you can do. You can talk, if, if it's from a breeder, not everyone gets a dog from a breeder, but if you do, then you can check, you know, just check on the ancestry, speak to the breeders, find out, you know, 
what information they've got in in terms because often people will give them a call you know a few years later and say you know that doggy um it got to six years old which is just by the way six and a half is about the average age that these symptoms start appearing if, if they're going to um so they might have some information which will say mm, you know what we have had cases so maybe you should just check with your vet have these things checked out um as i say Second thing, please don't panic because a lot of this is out of context. It doesn't mean to say there is no truth to it. It doesn't mean to say in the next few years they might not come up with some stats that are legitimate. It's just at this point it's a bit of a sort of scaremongering type of situation. And um, um, if you suspect because of the ancestry, if you've got the money to do it, you know, um, you can have a, a cardio analysis. There are specialist cardio vets who can look into the whole situation. And... You know, obviously what happens is like with humans, you know, we can preempt and help a lot of conditions if we got an annual checkup. If we don't, unfortunately, what happens is the damage is being done slowly, you know, for, same with humans, and um, it could have been prevented. Oops. So um, all I would say is if you have a predisposition situation and you're concerned about it, you know, speak to your vet. There are facilities out there to check these things out. Um, and, you you know, then you can preempt the situation because there's a lot of amazing drugs and various things you can do. And then we were talking about the taurine. This seems to have been historically an association. So it is possible, again, you must speak to your vet. We're not qualified vets, guys. We'd be, you know, we're talking about this because we come across this in our work um, quite a lot. Um, but please check with the vet. Um, the, the, you know, you can get things like taurine supplements if, 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 if somebody considers that to be important. Um, I'm not sure how well that the products are regulated, but again, that's why you should work through your vet because if the products are coming from a, uh, um, you know, a, a pharmaceutical source which is vetted and so on, then you should be safe. So those are some of the things you can do. But what I would say at this point in time, also the, as, as Stephanie was saying, um, if you are going for a relatively high protein um, food, and people can listen to our podcast, we had a podcast a couple of weeks back on on you know the best food for dogs and cats that will give them a bit more background. Um, but if you're if you are providing a food that is 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 right for their DNA, in other words, it's not a high carb, high GI food, then just check. Um, there has been, it is only an association at this point. There has been uh, an association in terms of um, proteins that are coming from peas and legumes. It's not to say it's bad for them. It just might be that if they need uh, more taurine, then maybe they're not getting enough. I do know, by the way, that um, because I've spoken to these people and I've seen uh, the research and so on, that the brands, that there's only actually two brands that on that list that to my knowledge that are available in South Africa so again um, when people look at that we're busy actually going through the case studies but 500 and something takes quite a bit of time so we can't actually give you our total analysis but there are numerous occasions we've come across so far on one of the brands which is the cheaper brand where it's the lower end of the protein scale that the majority of those dogs seem to have been eating. I can't comment on the brands we don't know. So because, I, I mean, yeah. I, th- I think we can say so. So one of the top um, brand, one of the brands that was mentioned in that report is Akana. Akana is seen as 
a pretty fancy dog food in South mm. Africa. It's not top of the range, it's, but it's, yeah. it's and it's, and along with that, the other that is available in South Africa is Origin. Origin, I think, was mentioned in about sixteen cases in mm. that FDA. It might have report. been twelve actually, but maybe it's, it's, twelve. It's, and then out um, of seventy-seven million dogs, remember? Yeah. And Akana, I think, was States. was mentioned about sixty-something times. So Akana came up a lot, but the reality is, you you have to remember that. Um, sorry, can I emphasize yeah. uh, with the Akana thing? And I'm sorry, we don't normally talk about Browns, but seeing as it's there in everyone's face from the news people, yeah, it's important um, for people the, to understand the brand goes from, um, uh, you know, uh, origin is in the 85% uh, protein base, 85-90. Um, uh, Akana is pegged a little bit below that at around 75%. Okay. And then the lower end of their range, when I say lower end, um, it, it would have... It ends up being cheaper yeah, to the yeah. consumer. So it's about a 50%. Okay. So the what I'm trying to say is that the brand has been mentioned as a name. So like I said, it's like saying... Woolworths, but Woolworths do everything from top end, you know, uh, food and fillet right the way down to verging on junk food, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying they, there's a huge range. So in this case, um, it would appear that the lower proteins uh, are coming up in those yeah. stats I, more I often. The, the best way to explain it is um, Akana has a, has a policy of trying to fit their price range into a similar range to um, most of the foods that are recommended by vets. So I, mm. I don't necessarily need to mention names, but if you walk into a vet, there are three top brands that are recommended by mo most vets. Mm. Akana is trying to peg themselves And, and there in, are in commercial reasons pos range. possibly for those recommendations. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying most vets, pe people will know what those brand names are. So Akana generally will be in a similar price range. But what they've done in terms of the um, compilation of the product, you know, what it's made of, is they have um, a line called Singles, which is made of just one type of meat supplemented with some pea proteins and legumes and then various vegetables. Those are called the 50-50s. So basically half of the product is made of a meat and the rest is made of various legumes, peas and vegetables. Those products, having just glanced through the FDA's, mm. uh, they, they've literally printed out a list of every single report that they've gotten. Those products show up the most, as as far as we've seen. Yeah. After that, they have products that are a little bit more expensive that maybe have two or three meats in them. Just to, also to add in here, Origin and Akana are actually made by the same company called Champion Pet mm. Foods. So it, when you walk into a pet store and you see the, them next to each other, they look like they have very similar packaging. Mm. But basically, with Akana, you have products that are 50% meat-based up to about 75% meat-based. Origin generally is about 85% meat-based. So just looking at the logic of the taurine association and the peas and the legumes, et cetera, et cetera, it makes sense that the Akana will show up more because they have such a range of more affordable options mm. that contain more peas and legumes, whereas Origin itself generally doesn't have as much and it's also more expensive and so yeah, less so people your are volume. potentially buying it. You think about so it, your there's volume. this whole bias associated with the fact that 
it's potentially a more expensive food and therefore it's showing up mm. less. You there is another point, sure. sorry, just to, to mm. add to that, just out of interest. Uh, I stand to be correct because I haven't checked every stat, you know, like literally half an hour before coming in here because um, everyone's asleep. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but the last time we checked with uh, the supplier here, the the product in, in those brands in the States, in the United States, is coming from what they call the South Kitchen. South Star, South Star Kitchen. Kitchen, which is in the States. Okay. So um, the product that we get in South Africa comes direct from the original kitchen, the original um, manufacturers who are actually in Canada. They call that the North, North Star, um, Kitchen. Star Kitchen. So in any case, I'm not saying the formula was designed to be different, but I'm just saying that the source of the meat, the source, because they everything's from their local supplier. Uh, it is it is possible um, that it's not that, the same that source. the quality that we're getting because it's from the original kitchen is um, you know uh, superior superior because I do know we do know of vets in South Africa who have gone there. And checked out, and they're quite amazed by the facilities. I mean, it's yeah, they they have equipment there that only Michelin chefs would use. That's how crazy it is. And something like four hundred quality control checks before it goes out. Mm. Um, so anyway, it's to get it in context. That that's really the point. And don't panic. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, just a quick question. In yes. summary, can I look at my Labrador at home, Olive, and yes. see that she has a heart disease, or do I have to take her to the vet? to okay, see so if she might have a heart yeah, disease. In, in terms of symptoms, often heart-related issues show up at, in, a, in a coughing form or a, a mm. lethargy. So coughing is often a, a sign of something heart-related. Heart mm. doesn't mean that if your dog is coughing, it is dying of heart disease. Please don't get me wrong there. But if they are having sudden wheezing and coughing out of nowhere... Does it have to be ongoing or well, can it just happen it, once if it's, No, if it's... It generally, if you've got a heart issue, it's not just going to evaporate overnight. So if your dog suddenly starts being lethargic or showing signs of, of in, in essence, the blood is not circulating the oxygen properly. So any sign of blood not mm. circulating, so, circulating properly can be lethargy, wheezing, suddenly becoming tired when usually they'd be able to go on for longer for example, when you're playing with them, those can be signs of a heart issue. Mm. The only way they can uh, diagnose a heart issue is to do proper tests. Mm. So, so sometimes they'll they'll first, um, you know, hear for a heart murmur, and if they hear a weird thing going on in the heart, then they'll do a proper echo with all the mm. all the fancy machinery. Yes. So you can't just go, oh, I think my dog has a heart issue. You actually have to go to the vet and have mm. the test done. There is there is no uh, cheap way about it well what I mean by know, that is yeah. obviously you get subsidized veterinary care which is great and if you can if one can't necessarily afford it oneself you can find subsidized veterinary care at rescues like the SPCA and etc but there isn't there isn't a free way of doing it you can't you can't just like well, put your ear yeah. against your dog's heart and go oh i think there's something yeah. wrong there I, I i would advise people like we said if 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 they especially if they fall into any of those categories especially if you feel that you haven't really been giving them uh, an appropriate um food um and you and you know and your dog is feeling a bit it seems a bit weak you know it doesn't seem to be um coping with exercise so well 
try to get to somebody who who is qualified. Mm. And honestly, guys, if if you're not earning money, if you're unemployed, speak to the SPCA. I mean, they they really, you know, the people like that do provide a really, they really try hard. And, um, you know, sometimes it's a really nominal sort of fee. But I, I, re- I really would say to people, have a think about it. If you know, But please don't panic about that report. It just brings to light things that can happen. Mm. And it doesn't mean to say that, that that report is, you know, something that should scare you at this point. Ladies, it's always wonderful chatting, having you in studio. It's mm, been a wonderful you. run as having you as uh, contributors <laughs> to Overnight Live. Uh, you might have heard that it is our last Friday into yes, Saturday I morning, so. <laughs> so I think it might be the last time that I see you around here. But you know, it's not you never the last time. Know. That I see you never know. Yes. You never know. You never know. <laughs> um, if someone's sitting at home and they're thinking, "These ladies sound pretty smart," like they know what they are <laughs> talking about, how can they get a hold of you? Besides, okay. pauseandclawsworld.com. Well, okay, pauseandclawsworld.com is is our, our site. Um, all our contact details are on there. There's a few pretty pictures. They're all our, our little cute clients. Nice. Um, and we, we're always interested to hear from people. So if they've got any concerns, um, as you know, our, 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 our sort of priority area is our small puppies. We love training small puppies. But um, we're interested to hear from people. Thank you. Thanks yes. for coming in. It's such yeah. a pleasure.